Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So Richard... I say data, you say data. And some people say data, <laughs> which sounds really popular. And is it plural or singular? Yeah, exactly. All right, let's call the whole thing up. <laughs> a lot of our recent shows have been about data or data and its massive importance in our, in our daily lives. Yeah, especially in the medical world. Today, we're going to talk to a returning guest who's a emergency room physician and an expert in how medical data can be used in a clinical setting. Interesting guy. Medical data, the promise and the pitfalls, Dr. Joe Habush. And when I write a patient's chart, I might have to comment on that patient in a way that would be extremely helpful to other doctors taking care but of But you don't patient. necessarily want them. But I can't have them read Slightly it. Slightly paranoid. Wouldn't it be great if we could have access to our medical records and share them with doctors, family members, and others in the world? Yeah, that could reduce medical mistakes and unnecessary tests every time we go to a new hospital or, or find a different healthcare provider. And, and hopefully better diagnoses, but there's a privacy and, and security. So it's a complicated question. We're going to get into all of this with Dr. Joe Habush, who's the CEO of MD Calc, a widely used online diagnostic tool. He's also a specialist in emergency medicine at NYU Medical Center here in New York. So, Joe, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Great to be back here. Yeah, it's great to have you back. So last time we talked a lot about data that is optimized for the physician. You run a company that helps organize this data for, for doctors in urgent situations. But what about patients and, and their access to data? And how will that change the doctor-patient relationship? It's an exciting time. There's so much technology that will improve healthcare. Another big area is AI, artificial intelligence in mm -hmm. medicine. You hear about this a lot. In my view, we've had improvements technologically in healthcare for years, for decades. And I don't see this technology in the way that it's getting marketed. In other words, it replacing what a physician does. I see it as helping a physician make better decisions. And one example I give of AI that was created 50 years ago, my parents immigrated here as physicians. And at that time, in the 60s, when they collected blood samples, they, one of their skills had to be to smear the blood sample and look under a microscope and count all the white cells in the high-powered field, and that was the white cell count. And that took maybe 5% of a resident's time. Now we have quote-unquote AI doing that. You put the blood in a machine, it 
bunch of buttons fly and suddenly the CBC gets made. We don't have less physicians because of that. We just have more. They have more time to do to focus on the patient or, or get to the diagnosis. Exactly. They can focus on other things, just like technology in any field. So, so changes are coming all the time. Uh, weeks ago, Apple introduced a feature for customers to see their medical records right on their iPhone. And this could bring together hospitals, clinics, uh, along with the Apple app, so that consumers can see available medical data from not only their primary healthcare physician, but from multiple providers. That's a pretty big deal, isn't it? Yeah, it's a huge deal. And it's a very smart play by Apple because it focuses in on a problem we in healthcare and in the tech of healthcare really know well. And that is the sharing of medical records across systems. Which is a problem, right? A huge problem. If you come and see me at the NYU emergency department, right? You're brought there, but your doctor is at Northwell, for example. Totally different electronic health record. It's quite difficult for me to access your healthcare records. And that difficulty happens for a few different reasons. One is... Hospitals are not incentivized structurally and financially to share the records. So they're not trying to look for ways to make it easy. And number two is there's a lot of regulation, HIPAA, privacy, etc. So there's some good reasons to restrict the completely free access to that data, but it becomes a hurdle for physicians. Yes, that's exactly right. And there's some other good reasons as well, because patients who who get worried about their medical care, who are on the... You mean hypochondriacs, right? Yeah, right, right. right. They, they will see their medical records and start getting worried. And it, this is already a problem in American healthcare. If you start searching for answers, there's a doctor who will give you an answer. They'll order that extra test, give you that extra treatment, which is, in the end, dangerous for a patient who doesn't need it and costly for the system. So there's a problem here because very often it's frustrating for patients who go from one doctor to another. And because there isn't a sharing of these medical records, all of the questions they were asked by the previous doctor have to be answered again. Yeah. And not just the questions, which are frustrating, but the exams, mm -hmm. the MRIs. And maybe we just don't have information that could have made a difference at the right time. Now, and you're an emergency room doctor, so you must see this come up in very urgent settings where you're trying to get... The, the basics of some patient's history, you need to know if they have diabetes or something. Maybe the, there's a language barrier. What's it like? Yeah, half of my job is being a detective. You just said it. I have to figure out how to get information from different kinds of people, from different walks of life. Some speak a different language. But also, if I could just access their records immediately. That would be a game changer. It would be a game changer, but it sounds like there are both pros and cons to this sharing of medical records. Is there an answer? Um, we're kind of impatient for solutions. So one answer that a lot of health IT companies are using, including Apple, is that to get around the HIPAA regulations, that is a privacy law protecting health information of patients. So your information can be shared with you, it can be shared with your healthcare providers and your payers, and if you want it to go beyond that, you have to give permissions. There's a lot of extremely strict penalties when hospitals or others break the HIPAA rules. So it becomes very hard to share information out of fear of breaking HIPAA. So where does that leave us? So there's one loophole, you can say, or path in the HIPAA law that a lot of new healthcare tech companies 
trying to fix this problem are looking at, and that's the patient. You always, as a patient, are allowed access to your records. So if you are porting the record from hospital to hospital, that's a nice way around the law. The problem with that is it might not be great for patients, and it might not be great for society. And when I write a patient's chart, I might have to comment on that patient in a way that would be extremely helpful to other doctors taking care but of But you don't patient. necessarily want them. But I can't have them read Slightly it. Slightly paranoid. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. If I know the patient's going to read that, I can't really describe what I need to describe to help that patient. And then speaking of paranoid, almost a quarter of all data breaches in America happen in healthcare. So you've got that whole problem of supposedly private data that's being shared uh, a third party could could steal it. Yeah, for sure. Another recent announcement, Blue Star is an FDA-approved app that helps diabetes patients manage their health with individualized guidance on blood glucose, medications, and lifestyle, such as food, sleep, and exercise. Do things like that help just by giving more information? I think so. I think that's a really exciting area because we know patient compliance is such a huge problem, especially for chronic diseases, diabetes, hypertension. If we get patients to live healthier lives, we can do a lot better, especially in the U.S. We're actually not that great in the U.S. for preventative medicine. So any tools that might be able to actually help patient compliance, I think will be great. Sweden aims to give all of its citizens electronic access to their medical records by 2020. So that's just a couple of years away. Is that general concept a good one? I don't think it is, but I'm curious and interested and I'm excited to watch it. And if another country is going to do it before us, let's see. Let's see how it looks and how it shakes out. But for all the reasons we talked about, I would be worried. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's How Do We Fix It? I'm Richard Davies. And I'm Jim Meggs. We're speaking with Dr. Joe Habush, an emergency room doctor, also an entrepreneur who runs a company that helps doctors with data and medical diagnostics. Uh, Joe, we haven't talked about the elephant in the room, which is the big debate over health care has been Obamacare. Are you concerned that um, despite all of these advances in medicine, that there's less access to healthcare now than there used to be. Yes, that concerns me. We are great in the US at driving forward innovation. We overpay for healthcare 
and that pays for the innovation in the U.S. and around the world. And we should continue paying for that innovation. We're a rich country and we can afford it. And that's why I wouldn't go toward a single-payer system. That said, universal health care is so important. And Obamacare was, in my view, a great step toward universal health care without squashing our drive of innovation. So are American consumers subsidizing the health care of everyone else? I think we are, and I think we should. We should lead in this way. This is a good, for liberal reasons, I think we shouldn't go toward a single-payer system, and we should continue overpaying for technology. Another thing we're seeing outside of all the controversies of the government's role in healthcare is huge businesses now starting to step into this space and saying something's not working right we should get involved so we have of course you know the big announcement that brought together JP Morgan Amazon Berkshire Hathaway to give their employees medical care but maybe also do some some experimental work on what works and 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 coming up with a system that might be rolled out to other people so they're just kind of giving up on the on the existing system say we can do a better job ourselves <laughs> maybe if you look at the history of these large companies getting coming into healthcare they've not always done great you know mm-hmm. about 10 years ago google pushed had a big push in healthcare and they gave up on it um, revolution health Steve Case's mm-hmm. project, same idea. I think there's a certain amount of bravado that these tech companies bring when they disrupt industries that is very successful for them. But that same bravado can sometimes make them not see the specific aspects of different industries, especially healthcare, where there's such specific things that you have to understand and respect. And you see this all the time. Oh, doctors just don't like tech or hospitals are slow or they just haven't caught up. There's probably reasons for that. And dismissing it is dangerous and probably leads to their failure. So what you've seen, what I've seen, is these big tech companies try, have failed, and then blame healthcare for it instead of trying to engage it. Will these guys be successful or not? I hope they're successful, but we'll see. Are doctors overpaid in America? <laughs> We're not paid enough. We're not paid enough. Um, it's a hard question to ask. I don't, I don't know. That's a, that's a because certainly question. a lot of specialists are paid far more in this country than they are in, in, in a lot of other prosperous countries. Yeah, doctors are paid a lot more in general. I think the difference between different doctors is um, inappropriate often. And the doctors who get paid the most do the most and figure out how to profit off a few procedures, and that's probably not a great system. But doctors only represent 10% of our whole healthcare cost. So even if we think they're overpaid, it doesn't solve the problem of healthcare, just to put it into perspective. If we cut doctor salaries in half, which would be impossible, it would only reduce the cost of healthcare by 5%. So what's the largest percentage of cost for healthcare if it isn't doctor's salaries? Right. So the common ones that people think are big that aren't are doctor salaries, 10%, pharmaceuticals, about 11 to 14%, depending on how you count it. So both of those, if you cut them in half, would do a lot of damage without doing a lot of good to save costs. The biggest costs are infrastructure, hospitals, long-term care facilities. Um, they can represent up to half of healthcare. And that's why a lot of potential savings are avoiding admissions, doing things as an outpatient all of these data innovations we've been talking about 
is is one of the potential upsides fewer medical mistakes because medical mistakes have been blamed for as many as mm-hmm. 400,000 deaths annually in the United States. Oh, for sure. And that's what they've been blamed for and there's probably more because we don't doctors Really I don't have a hard have time believing. It. I have a hard time believing that. I mean, doesn't it depend on how you count a death? I mean, if somebody's in intensive yes. care with yes. congestive heart failure and <laughs> They get one treatment that's marginally not quite as good as another treatment. Is that – and they die in two weeks instead of two and a half weeks? I mean is that a death caused by a physician? I, I, I know there's a lot of yes. mistakes, but I'm, I just have a hard time believing that people – healthy people are walking to the doctor and getting killed off you know, that's at that rate. such <laughs> a great point. We have to keep in mind saving a life isn't equal to saving a life, right? I could save someone's life because their heart stopped and bring them back and they're intubated. And just like they were before, and the next day they die. And that's totally different than a person who come, who has a full life in front of them, right? Mm-hmm. And medical mistakes, the math can fall into exactly what you're saying there. So there are a lot of gray areas. A lot of gray areas, right? But to your point, there are medical mistakes, and we are constantly looking for ways to reduce the chances of medical mistakes. And um, some of them are bad judgment, but some are just mistakes, like, we didn't know that this patient had this or we gave the wrong medication at the wrong dose. So one area of potentially improving that is in clinical decision support in electronic health records. So in its infancy, if I order aspirin for you and you're allergic, hey, Dr. Joe, they're allergic to aspirin. Don't order that. In a more sophisticated version is what an area I work in. MD-Calc has these rubrics or clinical decision tools that help the doctor make decisions. Can you explain how MDCalc works? Yes, I'll do my best. <laughs> Good. So we have 350 scores across all these different specialties. One score that came out about a year or two ago predicts your risk of having a heart attack and will help guide what type of preventative medication, typically cholesterol medication, you should be on. So it has a whole bunch of inputs that the doctor can put in your age and your family history and whatever else. And through that, we'll tell them your chance of having a heart attack in X number of years. And there's guidance on what kind of medications they can give. So it gives them some information that's objective. And then they can apply that information to that unique person in front of them. Now, we didn't make that score. That was made through a bunch of different academic physicians. And doctors typically come to us knowing we need to use that specific score and MDCOC's a place to look for it. But something we created about a year ago that more the younger doctors are starting to use is they come to us not knowing if a score exists and we have tools where they can present the clinical scenario and see which tools exist and then read really quick synopses of these tools by experts to see how to apply them best in front of them. So they can sort of start with MDCalc while before they were starting with, I need this XYZ score. Yeah. So, so, so where does your money come <laughs> from? Our, and this is part of the reason we've never taken outside funding or sold the company. We want to keep it very pure. Our business model right now is to sell advertising. And the advertising on our website looks like advertising content that looks like content is not influenced by advertisers let's bring this baby home joe <laughs> home healthcare. 
can advances in technology with with smaller devices and and uh, wireless technology improve care in the home and and get some people who might be going to the hospital treated by doctors in their homes yeah we've been seeing a lot of this over the past decade especially with chronic diseases that bring patients in a lot i'll give you an example congestive heart failure is a pretty common and dangerous chronic disease. And patients who don't take their medications correctly or don't eat the right things or have a worsening of their disease will suddenly have water back up into their lungs. It's called pulmonary edema. It's uncomfortable. It's the same dangerous. thing that kills mountaineers on Everest. Yeah, for That's a different a reason. reason. Right. That's right. <laughs> so they come in very sick to the hospital, often get admitted with water in their lungs, we're giving them strong medications to get it off the lungs and to have to intubate them sometimes. If we just knew 12 hours before that they weren't taking their meds, or if we weighed them and saw that their water was building up or looked at their lungs, we could prevent all this. And so there's a lot of tools and companies that are looking to do that, monitoring either the weight or the lungs, or something else so that they can predict it earlier on and prevent these admissions. Because one of the things I really like about what you're saying is that these, all of these advances in data and technology won't replace the doctor, but actually might allow more room for care as opposed to an impersonal healthcare system where you're treated by a machine. Are there fewer accountants or investment bankers because Microsoft invented Excel? We can do so much more with Excel, but that just makes them more efficient and more accurate. And we've done a number of shows actually on this question and what will the impact of widespread automation be? And, you know, it's not necessarily as dire as people think. If you allow people to do their jobs better, that doesn't mean you, you, you're going to necessarily eliminate jobs, but you might improve the performance of that job. So certainly an accountant who's not spending six hours a day entering figures into some, um, you know, big paper spreadsheet and is able to scroll through a whole bunch of Excel files. I mean, we take it for granted now, but think of the massive improvement in efficiency and more time to focus on what's really going on with their clients. So you're, you're seeing something similar like that in healthcare coming down the pike. I think that's exactly right. And I think that's even more right when you look at the expert in any field versus support of that expert. So maybe the bookkeeper, they don't need to hire as many bookkeepers because that's automated. Maybe there's going to be less truck drivers because of self-driving cars. And there's actually one study, and it may or may not pan out, that argues that there won't be fewer truck drivers because they'll, there will still be a lot of functions that we need, but we'll have more efficient trucking. I don't know. And that might be. We'll, you know, right. rem- remains to be seen. Before we go, what is your biggest hope or hopes for change and improvement in our healthcare system? Take time to think about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I think the American healthcare system does amazing things and has for decades. We drive healthcare innovation for the world. Because, like we said earlier, we overpay for it. Whether or not it's a pharma company in Germany or Japan, they're selling to the American market. That is very valuable. What we weren't good at was spreading healthcare across our system. Obamacare was a great step in the right direction toward universal care. My hope in the short to medium term is that we don't take any steps backwards in these spaces. We continue driving healthcare innovation forward. 
and we also continue toward universal care. So you're saying first, do no harm. First, do no harm. <laughs> and I mean that politically. And yeah. I think, and I mean that on both sides of the political spectrum. I, I think the current administration can sometimes be short-sighted. And I also would equally be fearful if there is an overly liberal backlash to that and we go toward a single-payer system. I think that would we would lose out that way. Too. And when you say, so you're in favor of Obamacare, but you but you're against a single payer system. What's wrong with the single single? Blah, what's wrong with the single payer system? Everyone who pushes for a single payer system argues about how we can save money by paying less, and they're almost always talking about technology. It becomes too much of a target for a single payer system to 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 reduce the cost of things that end up reducing the engine that drives innovation. And we can criticize that engine because there's so many areas to criticize. Pharma companies, medical device companies, they find loopholes, they do funny things. But it is the only engine that has driven healthcare innovation in forward for 100 years. Look how people lived 60 years ago, their life expectancy, the difficulties they had, and compare it to today. We have to look at the long term. People will forget that if they go toward a single-payer system. Dr. Joe Habush, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me again. I'm going a little bit Donald Trump on you here in saying that the rest of the world should also pay up. And I'm not thinking of developing countries, but there are plenty of wealthy nations that could help spend more for, for medical research. And that's not happening. That's a really interesting point. He's got such an interesting perspective on it. In some ways, it might be an artifact of the way that the U.S. was later to the table in bringing the federal government into managing health care, managing costs. So, yes, we pay more. But on the other hand, all these other countries that drove down their cost of, of health care, they did it partly by being a little parasitic on the U.S. economy, especially countries that somehow managed to negotiate these drug prices that are a fraction of what we pay. If the whole world worked that way – we wouldn't all pay less for drugs. We'd have fewer new drugs. So I, I kind of agree with them. I, I mean, it's not a great setup, but we're a wealthy country. And if a drug comes in to the U.S. at a very, very high price, within a few years, it's all over the world at a much lower price and saving lives. It's not a great system, but it's better than the alternative. I'd also like us to become a more caring society. And I love this idea that, that data doesn't replace the doctor, that it could actually lead to longer doctor-to-patient moments. I hope so. You know, I, and I, I think there's some evidence it might work that way. Uh, I'm certainly... Um, I happen to be part of a healthcare network where when I go in to see any specialist, they already have all my charts. And it's great. There's a lot less time giving them some kind of half-baked record. Sometimes they'll notice things on my record that I've forgotten about. <laughs> you know. And so it's helpful if I – let's say I've got knee pain or something – if that specialist has all that information at his or her fingertips. And then they spend a little more time talking about the knee pain and not when did I have you know, measles or something. But clearly there's so much going on as technology, especially our ability to collect and manage massive amounts of data. This is the turn, this is the industrial revolution of our time. The the collection and management use of data. And that's going to have huge impact on healthcare and I think mostly almost entirely for the good 
but there are certain risks we have to watch and manage. It's How Do We Fix It? I'm Richard Davies. And I'm Jim Meggs. And our producer is Miranda Schaefer. Music is by Lou Stravinsky. We're a production of Davies Content. We make digital audio for companies and nonprofits. And check out our website, daviescontent.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.